Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Watched a Thing. It's great to be back with you. It's Billy here, and as always, my good mate Tove, how you doing, buddy? I'm very well, old Billy Blacklung. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sick. I've got a chest infection, and it's it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> you at work today was not great. What was funniest was our colleague. She was talking about me being sick way more than I was. She was petrified. <laughs> You, I don't think you realised the state that you were in today. It was was it, it was was bad, it really that man. bad? Really? Yeah, dude, it was bad. I mean, like I didn't feel good when I woke up this morning. I had no voice, and I was like, "Well, that's going to be great for recording." But I've I've got a voice now, so that's that's fine. I wanted nothing to do with you today. Yeah, but I mean, you're like that most days. <laughs> Not true. Not <laughs> it's true. Just, it's just been it's been a full on time, mate. It all just built up. I wasn't in the country. No, so no. Sad about that. It, well, I was sad, but it did give me a good five weeks to get over your reaction to Tommy Boy, which I've <laughs> just I've just now started to come to terms with. I'm still like, <laughs> I don't get it. I'll never get it. He's a <laughs> he's a <laughs> but <laughs> we move on. <laughs> but I did even through sickness and travel, I did find time to see a movie this week, did you? I did too. <laughs> so what are we talking about this week, buddy? We are talking about um, Brightburn, the new spin on, let's just call him Superman. <laughs> no, wait, that's too obvious. First name, Super, last name, M. I like it. No, wait, more like S-Man. How about that? Okay, that's good. <laughs> now, can I ask you, you're, you're more versed in comic books than I am. Yes. Is this character in the film uh, Brandon Briars? Is that right? Brandon Briars, yeah. Is that taken from an existing property or is it completely made up? As far as I know, it's completely made up. The, like, they have, this is the, a kind of concept, this kind of, you know, bad Superman is something that's it's come up a few times. There was a, a comic book run called Red Sun a little while ago. So it's happened from time to time, this kind of what if Superman was bad. Which is great because it's one of the few interesting things you can do with a character who ordinarily is boring because he's too good. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think he's- I'm a, I'm a big Superman fan. I'm more- as far as the comics go, I generally lean more towards Marvel. But Superman is one of the few DC ones that I'm really, really behind. But I, I, was, re I was very much anticipating this film. I think we were at work one day, weren't we, when I said to you, have you seen anything about this- movie Brightburn, which I'd just yeah. seen the trailer for. And I was like, well, that's actually, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's a very cool idea. So, uh, Brightburn, a superhero horror film directed by David Yarovsky and produced by James Gunn and Kenneth Huang. Although, I mean, most people would just assume that Gunn had more to do with this because he's a well-known name. So, everyone is touting this is James Gunn's film. Uh, starring Elizabeth Banks, David Denham, Jackson A. Dunn, Matt Jones, and Meredith Hagner. Follows a young alien boy raised on Earth who realises he has superpowers and uses them to terrorise his town. Elizabeth Banks! Yeah, I know, I know. We I'm love Elizabeth Banks. I love Elizabeth Banks. I'm such an Elizabeth Banks fan. She's great. And I, I actually think that one of the best parts of this film was the performances. And hers and her husband- were both fantastic in this film. I really liked them both, actually. Yeah, so you're you're not an office watcher, are you, of the US variety? No. 
No. So he plays the uh, Dawn's fiance equivalent in the US. Oh, right. The yeah, the the flog fiance. Exactly. Yeah, and and I mean, he was great in that role. And in one of the great things the US office does is, which I mean, I, I'm a massive fan of the British one as well. But because the US is so much longer and has the you know standard 24 episode seasons, you know, you get more into side characters like that. So he gets quite a bit of screen time in those early seasons, and he's really good. But I haven't seen him in anything since. And I was really really stoked with his performance in this. I thought they were both really good. Yeah, I, I really liked Mum and Dad. Um, I absolutely cannot say the same for the kid, who I thought was, like, genuinely dreadful. Really? Yeah, this is, like, right in my wheelhouse of all child characters in films should be played by grown-ups with bowl cuts. <laughs> I actually thought he was okay. I Like, I, I was on board with him. Now, this- we haven't spoken about this film at all, as we do. I came into this recording feeling like we might be on opposite ends of the spectrum. So did I. So where are you sitting on the film in general? What it put me in mind of were like my old report cards at school. Like (laughs) has promise, does not deliver. I tend to feel a little bit the same way. And yet I was was happy with with the viewing. I I did enjoy it. I do feel like it, it... Definitely didn't play with the subject as much as, or anywhere near as much as I thought it would. I was expecting that it might be a bit more of a slow burn, like really start laying on thick with like, for example, the Man of Steel stuff. But it was pretty much a straight out horror from the moment the film started. I, yes, I completely agree with that. And me being me, that was much to my disappointment. When when we're up to like our second or third jump scare, not that far into the film, I was like, oh, really? This is what I'm watching? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there, and I I am a fan of horror, but I still didn't. I, I yeah, it could have done so much more with the premise that it offered. I felt yeah, because the idea there's so I feel like there's so much there to play with. We like for me, the most interesting thing you can do is what does having these powers do to do to a child? A, a, yeah, yeah, do to a child, um, and. That's not how it plays out. And I was like, okay, well, then the next most interesting thing you can can do is, well, what if instead of Clark Kent, this happened to someone who's just a bad egg? Yes. And, like, that that does happen for sure. Like, there's those like, he is a dickhead entitled flog who thinks that if he has a crush on a girl and she doesn't like him, the reasonable thing to do is break her arm. Like, he is a little shit. But it would be, for me, way more interesting if, if that's it rather than it being caused or triggered by this ridiculous red pulse thing putting yes, yeah. images into his head, which I yeah, thought was just truly stupid. Yeah, and the problem for me is that it kind of flirted with both of those premises you're talking about. Like there was exactly. a little, you know, like what you like him. He has the the talk about you know the birds and the bees with his dad, and so his logical next step is, well, I can I can do what I want. I'm powerful. I can do what I want. I'll I'll just go into a room. You know, and that's kind of playing with that. What would happen if a child had these powers? But it, it it just didn't get there enough. And for me, the issue is, it like it was kind of halfway between. You know that I'm a big you know supporter of ninety minute films. With this premise, it should have had an extra half hour to develop that stuff more, or it should have had half hour less and been a Twilight Zone episode because it was really like this felt like a Twilight Zone episode to me. And we've even seen this premise before, and it was spoofed on the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror when Bart had, you know, telepathic powers and everyone was afraid of him. It was, like, to me, they're the directions it could have gone in, and it was halfway between. 
Yeah, I kid you not, I was looking at my watch during the second half of the film. Which in a 90-minute movie is... In a 90-minute movie. That's not a good thing. And, you know, it's really hard to, you know, it's it's lit like a horror film most of the time. It's really hard to read your watch. (laughs) I must say, though, that, like, speaking of the lighting, I did think it was filmed really, really nicely. This is a beautiful-looking film. And I think that a lot of that comes from what I was expecting more of in the film. They shot it like a Snyder film. They were they were really like as much as this is a horror film, they were really laying it on thick at some moments with the homage to Man of Steel. Like there's that beautiful shot when he first gets out of bed and you see his like blue and red socks hit the floor and then that red blanket flows behind him like a cape and it evokes that character we all know, but they didn't do enough with it. Yeah, I, I agree with you in parts. Um, there are several shots that that you're mentioning that I and I completely agree they're really well done. Most of the film for me though and this isn't necessarily a wrong choice because this is the movie they made it just looks like a horror film. You mentioned earlier the the birds and the bees talk. Yeah. That dad has with like, like I was sitting there going oh man maybe maybe kids are a bad idea. <laughs> I do not want to have that chat ever in my life. I would fail. I would fail spectacularly. I mean, that's what TV is for, right? That's when you just put them down in front of American Pie. Oh, good call. If you like a girl, broadcast her on the internet. (laughs) That's right. Let let Jim's dad give the advice. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I I was surprised, I don't know if you were, by the fact that they really lent into the gore factor in this movie. I was surprised at and... I don't think it was ne- I don't I don't know why that's there. I wasn't surprised by it. I mean purely like I said I think a lot of people not necessarily misunderstanding but a lot of people uh, are associating this film with James Gunn. I've actually been a Gunn fan for a long time and his background is in horror film. He made Slither which was a very gory horror film. He made Dawn of the Dead remake which was really great and really gory. And what I actually know him from now, you know that I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying I love it, but you know I don't mind my trashy TV. Fact. <laughs> about about ten years ago, there was this awesome reality show called Scream Queens, where they took ten wannabe model actresses and put them through a series of challenges, and the winner got to star in a Saw movie because you know there's like fucking ten of them or something. <laughs> yep. And he was a judge on it. Yeah, he, he's always, always been one to lean into the gore. So that didn't surprise me at all. And as for why it's there, I think it comes back to what you said before. Disappointingly, that's what this movie is. It, it really is just a fairly stock standard gory horror movie. So, mm-hmm. I mean, without that, then what even is it, you know? I think they could have saved some budget. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I mean, to me, because of what this movie was, those gore elements were some of the best parts of it. The glass in the eye, that was fantastic. The the scene where Brandon is, you know, murdering his uncle in the car crash, that was another one that I think was really well done from that perspective. The the sun sets pretty quickly in Brightburn. It sure does, doesn't it? At the end of the film, when Elizabeth Banks is on the phone to super shit, yeah. the phone conversation starts and it's light. Yes. And this is not a long phone conversation. <laughs> Ends had, nighttime. I had the exact same thought as you. I, I noticed that as well. <laughs> like, yeah. was he like the nothing and blanketed the skies? 
<laughs> thick black cloud as well. Is that one of his powers? I don't know. Maybe he was doing a Mr. Burns. Maybe he built something to block out the sun. So, yeah. So, he's like Superman and Lex Luthor in one. <laughs> to me, I mean, there were some good moments of tension in the film. I, I was a big fan of the, the scene towards the end of the film, kind of kicked off the third act, where his father takes him hunting. And to me, I could have done with more scenes like that. Like you were saying, like, you know, just cut back on the gore and maybe have some more tense scenes. Because to me, that was the best part was the relationship between his parents and him. You know, like Elizabeth Banks constantly defending him no matter what, just because. And that's the kind of stuff that they could have played on more from that Superman lore. Like, Jonathan and Martha Kent wanted a kid. And they they really were gifted this kid. And I think. I think they really could have played more with the relationship with him and his parents because what made Superman good had nothing to do with where he came from. It was his upbringing from the Kent. So, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of maybe that's why Brandon isn't so good. Yeah. So, I totally agree. I think that scene in the woods with his dad is one of the strongest in the film. Elizabeth Banks defending him and wanting him to be good and everything. Like, that's that's fine. That completely makes sense and everything. But- for me, it's a lot stronger if there's any part of you that still believes that. Whereas I'd given up on this little dick so long ago <laughs> that I'm yeah. like, nah, sorry, Banksy, he's a dud. Yeah. Let's just hope he's not bulletproof. Ah, crap. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I think, you know, if they'd, if they'd had a little bit more length in there and leaned into that more you know, built more on the tension than between his parents as she defends him and, and his dad is, you know, obviously very clear that Brandon is a dud. You know, <laughs> if they built more on those elements, it really could have worked because there are some great moments in this film. The the moment right at the start when he's trying to get the lawnmower working and he realises he has powers and he puts his hand into the blades and, you know, breaks the lawnmower. That is a really great moment that could have built to what I thought this movie was going to be and then sadly didn't. Yep. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Fun fact, the location that is the school in this film is a school that's no longer in use. It's also the school location from Stranger Things. Really? That's a very fun fact. I wonder what else it's used in. It must have, you know, like the hospital from Scrubs is just like the hospital in everything. It's yeah, this right. abandoned hospital in, in LA. Yeah, it'd be so cool to like, uh, there must be a list online or something of like locations that have been reused and reused. I bet there is. You know, like license plates. That's another fun one. You know, like is there's it? one license. Yeah, there's one license plate in particular that was owned by Universal because, they, you know, they had to actually register this car. And so it's it's in like about 40 or 50 movies. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if all the phone numbers in Brightburn start with 555. <laughs> yeah. Growing up, I fully believed that American phone numbers began with 555, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, definitely. Me too. Like, what did, did, what you, did I know? <laughs> did you ever try call a phone number from a movie? No, I never did. We should do I'd it have, I'd have day. gotten a lot of trouble. Yeah. I really yeah. would have. <laughs> Kids, uh, like- a lot of people won't remember. We used to have these things called landlines. Yeah, that's how yes. we communicated. Yeah, and it stuffed up the internet. <laughs> well, no, and then even when the internet started, I don't know about you, but we were one of those lucky households that had a couple of computers throughout the house. 
but we still only had the one landline. So we had this giant, like 90 meter long phone extension cord and we would have to move the modem from room to room, depending on who wanted to use the internet. (laughs) So at any time you just have like 90 meters of phone cable, just like across the lounge room floor. (laughs) (laughs) The, both the best and worst part of this movie for me was the guy sitting next to me in the cinema. So I've never been in a cinema so small. This cinema only had four rows of seats, right? Okay. And I'm sitting there in the second back row, third front row. (laughs) And no joke, 20 minutes into the movie, four guys come in. Like 20 minutes late. This is a short movie. You've missed most of it already, right? One of them tries to sit on me. (laughs) He can't see me. Then they spend 10 minutes, because it's one of those like allocated seating cinemas, then they spend 10 minutes talking to each other, trying to work out where they're meant to sit. Two of them are meant to be next to me in my row, and then the other two are behind them. But they, like, I'm sitting, I'm seating, because I'm trying to watch the movie, and these guys are just talking so loudly. Like, and it just continues. Even once they're sitting, they just keep talking about the movie and stuff. I kind of wish they'd been in my one. Like, I'm so angry. Then about 20 minutes after seething, the guy next to me gets up and leaves, comes back in with like five large popcorns and starts sharing with me. He's like, here you go, bro. I'm like, oh, you know, no, I'm good. He's like, no, seriously, we got way too much. The guy was clearly like off his nut. So I'm just, I'm getting free popcorn for the entire rest of the movie. So you were like, fine then? It was, it, was, it was awesome. It was great. I loved this guy then. Like he was my best buddy. And then at, then at the end, when the lights come up, he's like, oh, hey, man, like, you work in the vape industry? <laughs> I'm like, what? No. He's like, oh, no, but but you know, uh, you know Maurizio, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I got mad free popcorn, so I can't complain. Do you have a guess as to what substance this person was under the influence of? All I'll tell you is that he reeked. Like, he really, really stank. Like, not only was the dude giving me popcorn, halfway through, this is this is a weird part, he noticed that my, my cup was empty. So, he, pour, he poured some of his water bottle into it and was like, there you go, bro, you got to stay hydrated. And I was like, uh, no, thank you. I, I, I draw, like, free popcorn is one thing. I am not sharing a drink with you, man. Like. This guy's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, good on him, <laughs> but- uh, He's yeah, the hero we need. <laughs> yeah, there should be one of them in every cinema, just like this high guy handing out free popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to the movie, though. All in all, how, how are you scoring, Brightburn? Uh, not highly. Um, yeah? Is it Tommy that, Boy level? No, it's better than Tommy Boy. Let's you Come on, mate. Fucking dickhead. Yeah. Um, this is basically all the score I'm giving it is really it, it would be lower but for Elizabeth Banks. Banks She's amazing. She gets it to a three for me, but the I do not rate this film one bit. I'm not I'm not a lot higher. It's definitely not as good as Tommy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> um it's a it's a four for me. It's you know, like there were a lot of elements that were there, like even at times I like struggled with my rating. I was like, is it a five or six? No, it's really not. It's it's a four. It's not a recommend. Like, to be honest, even if you really like horror films, even if you really like superhero films, this just doesn't have enough of any of those elements to really make it work for me. No, nah, this is such a 
just such a misfire for me and such a missed opportunity is what aggravates me because yeah. if it was just a crap film, no worries. I'll move on with my day and be like, never going to see that again. Yes. But what pisses me off is the potential with the idea, which, and because I want more things like this. Like I'm, I definitely have superhero fatigue. Yeah. And so for it to remain interesting, I'm all for people doing different things with the genre. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have no, I, I haven't checked the box office of this thing. Maybe it's been a, 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 a genuine success and people will keep trying things, but I would hate for this fucking turd to dissuade people of playing with the genre. Well, that's the thing. And there have been some great, you know, plays with this genre before, you know, some of them even from James Gunn. I don't know if you ever saw Super with Rain Wilson and Ellen Page. That is a fantastic movie. And that very much plays with the genre. You know, even things that play with it a little bit, but not so much. Things like Kick-Ass, you know, that just bring that little element of realism and kind of like, and that to me, those were the best moments of this movie. There were moments where I was like, yeah, that's exactly what an 11-year-old with these powers would do. And that's what I was hoping we would get more of from the film. I think you, you could have made this film infinitely better simply by cutting out the pulsing red light. Absolutely. If you if you really make this more of this is his choice, you know, there's nothing controlling him. This is just he's just a kid. He doesn't know any better. And he's just like, you know, as any 12 year old would be drunk with power, like he can do whatever he wants and not get in trouble. If they'd played more on those elements and just cut out the pulsing light, it already would have gone up at least one star for me. Oh, that light. Yeah. Well, that's it on Brightburn. What are we getting to next week, buddy? No idea, mate. I'm so far out of the loop with podcasting. <laughs> you got no idea, mate. This is the first time we've recorded in well over a month. How long? Yeah, over a month, for yeah. sure. Well, next week, I'll tell you what we're doing. We're getting to a Patreon request, mate. Is that correct? It is. It's a film that neither of us have seen. I had never even heard of. Uh, but Paul wants us to watch a Barbara Streisand classic, What's Up, Doc? Have you, have you heard of it? I don't know that I have. He said it's a slapstick comedy. He said it's one of his favourite slapsticks. So okay. I'm in for some laughs. 90 minutes, which, as you know, I'm a fan of. So so that's what we'll be getting to next week. Uh, we're also, we did have this on our schedule, Godzilla King of Monsters, but then our good mate Sam from Movie Reviews in 20 Qs asked if we would jump over on his show and do it. So we'll be recording that this weekend as well. So look out for that in the coming weeks. We'll let you know when it's up. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, me too. You've seen it already. I haven't, but I'm pretty pumped. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you do want to help support the show and demand a watch like Paul did, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething. And in the meantime... Go watch a movie, everyone. Catches. Yeah, it feels good. feels fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to cough. <laughs> <coughs> oh, fuck. Oh. Good job, Black Lung. <laughs>